Hey, Queens. Hey, thank you for joining me on PFW Podcast. I am your host, Valerie Stansel. PFW holds space for women 50 plus who need to heal or want to celebrate their healing. It is what it is, but now it's time to change the narrative. Reveal to heal in this safe space where there is no judgment and no shame. It's a space just for you to be you. We are here every other Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in case you need to reach me, you can do so at Purpose for Wellness Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Um, I am Valerie Stansel. You're a host for, I mean, Speak Up and Speak Loud. I'm sorry, I'm always used to saying Purpose for Wellness. I am your host for Speak Up and Speak Loud. And I am honored to have Chanel Cox here as the co-host on Speak Up and Speak Loud. So Chanel Cox is a special educator, author, speaker, and transformation neuro coach who helps women experiencing life transitions, create a new vision for themselves, reconnect with their passion and purpose, and turn their transition into their triumphant transformation. Her book, Create a Life You Love, 10 Healthy Habits to Transform Your Life Now, shares her personal transformation story in an easy-to-read format that feels like you are having a cup of coffee with a long-lost friend. Each chapter ends with practical steps that anyone can implement to kick off their own journey and experience a transformation of their own. She then went on to find Create a Life You Love coaching and start the Create a Life You Love podcast where she connects with people from around the world to share tips and strategies to help others on her journey, on their journeys. So Chanel, I welcome you to speak up and speak loud. How are you? I am so wonderful. It is so amazing to connect with you, Valerie. I love everything that you are doing and how you are empowering others to speak up and speak loud. Uh, thank you, as as are you. And I think that's why we connected right away because, you know, we've all been through different journeys. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to speak up, you know, because they are um, stymied by their emotional traumas, their embarrassment and their shame, as was I. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wasn't because I was. I didn't want to go to therapy. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to be in control. And when I lost control, that's when I realized that I have to speak up and speak loud and speak up and speak loud for those women who can't, you know, but let them see what happens when you do. It's a healing process almost, you know, to do this. So I am very passionate about it, very passionate as you are about empowering, um, inspiring and educating women. So tell us, you know, when I read your bio, you know, you see so many different types of coaches. That's why I call myself the Purpose for Wellness Navigator, because, you know, everyone is a coach and that's fine because I am, I'm a life coach in, in all actuality, you know, but what is a um, transformation neuro coach? So tell us what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So after I had my own personal transformation and people were asking, um, you know, what I did and how they could do it, that's kind of what led me to write my book. And then as people were reading the book, they were asking to hire me. And I'm like, hire me to do what? I'm a special ed teacher. You want me to come tutor your kids? Like, I don't understand. Like, I just wrote this book. You want me to write you a book? Like, I don't, what are you wanting to hire me for? And when they said to be my life coach, I was pretty shocked and had to work through some limiting beliefs because my identity was so centered around that I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher even though my role at that time was actually an instructional coach. And every day my role was to go into classrooms and coach special ed teachers. And so that was pretty funny to kind of realize that. So then I went on a journey of looking at all the very many, many, many um, options out there to get certified. And it was pretty overwhelming. And I knew I was going to invest a lot of time, energy and money in this. And it was going to be yet another personal transformation for myself that then I could use to help others with their transformations. And so I was pretty picky about it, uh, you know, just very, very particular about what I was looking for and how I wanted to feel when I found what 
it was I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I found that from a podcast um, when I heard Dr. Shannon Irvin being interviewed. And I just, something inside me just really stirred up and was like, oh my gosh, this woman who has a PhD in neuropsychology is explaining why my 10 tips that I used, that I wrote about, that I'm helping people with work. The brain science, the neuroscience behind why it works. I knew it worked, but now I understand why. And it was all scientific and brain-based and none of like the woo, you know, there was just no, oh, just believe it and it will come to you. It, you know, it's like, no, here's what's happening in your brain that makes that happen. <laughs> like, yes. you do believe it and it does come to you, but here's the science behind how and why that happens. And here's how to make it happen faster and how to make those changes lifelong, not just mm -hmm. habits that you do for 28 days and then fall off the wagon and go back to your old habits. So I started following her. I was so like, just obsessed with what she had to say. I wanted to learn so much from her. And then I found out she had a coaching certification program and I just knew that was my next step. It just, everything aligned. And so I went forth and became a certified neuro coach. And then I went on to become a master certified neuro coach. And because my focus is so much on personal transformation and helping women transform their lives, I call it a transformation neuro coach. Mm. And you know, that's it's, this is so coincidental. Um, I am a co-host on another show. And yesterday we were talking about the brain and how it affects us in our anxiety and how we've been created to almost do the flight and fight. You know, I forgot the part of the brain she called it. She said it a thousand times, so I should have known, I should have remembered it. But it's like, that's what connects us with all, you know, like this, that, you know, that's what connects me to like, oh, I think I heard something. Let me, let me check that out. And, you know, then it, it, this things just build upon, build upon things. And she was saying, she, she talked about this one thing about the mom being in our brain. Like when we lo lose our moms, it's nothing mm -hmm. like that. Like when we lose our fathers or our mothers, our brain doesn't react the same way as when we lose our mothers because that's, you know, our stability, that's our go-to and, and our brain just, it just doesn't function the same, you know, because we've lost our mother and a lot of different things, but you never think about your brain that way. But now that, you know, so many things have happened, you know, with COVID and more people are home. So you're watching more things. I'm seeing more talk about mindfulness and and the brain and and the different things that go on where we're always like well you know it's just going to happen um it's it's just supposed to be like that but it's that's not really where we're where it's going you know it's going from what's going on in your brain you know and we talked about you know anxiety like everybody overuses the word anxiety when in actuality the anxiety that is causing a behavior changes does go on within your in your brain so you really have to work on all of those different things so i think that is just like amazing that you do that and you're able to connect with people and help them make that transformation um so tell us about um the life transition that started your journey what made you like want to do this and, and help other women. Yeah, uh, seven and a half years ago, I left an abusive marriage and had to completely rebuild myself and my life. And I entered that marriage uh, as someone who'd always really struggled with depression, anxiety, and uh, just extreme, extreme low self-esteem. And so I was seeking out relationships where people treated me the way that I felt I deserved to be treated. And so I wound up in that marriage. And so on my 30th birthday, through the grace of God and the help and support of friends and family, I got out and stayed out. And then I had a very messy six months. I always like to include that, that I did not get out in the next day, be like, I've had a transformation and I want to write a book. And, you know, like there was a big, long gap there where I was just a straight up mess. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know what way was up. I didn't know 
you know, I was grieving and mourning the loss of this life that I thought I was going to have. Um, and so once I got about six months in, uh, it was New Year's Day and I'm just kind of reflecting on where my life is and okay, I always thought I'd be married and a mom and here I am 30 and a half and I'm divorced and live in this tiny apartment that I hate and what am I doing with my life? And I've been given the second chance at life and I'm wasting it. So what am I going to do different? And so I wrote down some things that I always said I wanted to do. Um, one of which was learn how to salsa dance. And the other was go skydiving because I'd wanted to do that for my 30th birthday. And I was told how selfish that was and irresponsible. And if we're going to spend that kind of money on something, it should include his son from a past marriage. And um, just told me all the reasons why that was the worst idea and most selfish. And how can I even call myself a mother or a wife? This clearly was not a priority to me, blah, blah, blah. All the things that I got to hear the entire time I was married to him. And so... Uh, so I was like, I'm doing it. He can't tell me no. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. it's January and I live in Kansas. So skydiving couldn't happen immediately. But I did go to a salsa class that next night and I was terrified. It was way out of my comfort zone. Um, and I was pretty sure my heart was just going to like stop and I was just going to die. Like this is how I die, right? Like I was very dramatic in my head. <laughs> And, but I pushed through it and I met amazing people and I sucked at it, but they were nice to me. And so I kept coming back and kept going back. And um, then that summer for my 31st birthday, I did take myself skydiving and physically outwardly, I was a completely different person because I was dancing so much and doing all these active things. I was literally like glowing. I just had so much more confidence and joy and peace. I would wake up every morning just so excited to embrace the day. Uh, and that was a huge turnaround from any point in my life, pre-marriage, during the marriage, after the marriage, like I'd never experienced that. And so friends and family who kind of watch this start asking, you know, what did you do and how can I do it? And so then that's why I started um, writing my book and then kind of went from there from the book became the coaching. And then when COVID hit, um, cause I am so busy and so social, um, and podcasting has helped me so much on my journey. I was like, Oh, I want to start a podcast. Oh, but who has time? Like right. that's a whole nother, there's all this technology and like all these things. Like I do not have time to learn this. Well, when the world shuts down and you can't leave your house and you live alone with a cat, all of a sudden you got some time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And so it's just been a really amazing journey. And then I get to connect with so many um, people like yourself and then my clients and help them just like you're doing, find their voice. And I help them create, their new vision uh, from wherever they're at and to dream big. You know, when I, that day, that first day that I started thinking about what do I want my life to look like? Nowhere on that piece of paper was write a book, start a coaching business or have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you say yes to one small thing, that's slightly out of your comfort zone today. And then guess what? That dance studio became my comfort zone. And then I was ready to join a performance team and go perform at other, you know, we went to Dallas and Oklahoma City and Kansas City and we were traveling all over and performing in front of people. Um, and then being with that dance group was my family, my community. And you just keep growing and expanding if you allow yourself to. Yes. And, you know, that's so important, you know, because for me, you know, with my journey with domestic violence, it was short like yours, um, but it wasn't even a year. But it just made me pause and, you know, draw, you know, I guess take a step back and look at what I had, I had just done, you know, because I had been married for 34 years. My husband was gone five years now, and then I decided to date again, and, and then I meet you know, this person. And, you know, so I too had to make a transition. And I found that, you know, my writing was the thing I think that set me free because I could write everything on paper, you know. And at first, you know, I was just writing in a journal. And then I was like, I should write this as a book. 
And then I couldn't, you know, the book I wrote, it was just like bleeding all over the place. He did this, he did that, I'm like, this isn't helping anyone, you know, except, you know, allow me to get it out on the page. So when you were writing, did you find that therapeutic for you as well to help you, you know, make that those several transitions that you made? Absolutely. Um, because it allowed me the time and space, you know, throughout that whole transformation period, I was not saying I want to have a personal transformation, right? I was just doing small actions. And over time, that consistency led to big results. And so other people looking in could see it, but I was not really seeing it. So when they started asking, what did you do? And I started it. So writing the book allowed me the time and the space to reflect on what is it that I did do. And it allowed me, trust me, there's whole chapters and pages and all kinds of things that did not make the final cut <laughs> because mm -hmm. they were coming out of me as a healing process, mm -hmm. not as mm -hmm. a, this is going to help somebody. Yeah. And so that's why you hire a good editor, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really important to get that gunk out um, mm -hmm. and to write it down. And I did some of that work in therapy, like telling somebody else that was a huge piece, admitting out loud and allowing myself to remember some of the things that had happened and say it out loud to another person. That was terrifying. Mm -hmm. uh, but then to, in the comfort of my own home, actually reflect on it, process it, write it and get it out was extremely healing. Yeah. You know, for me, that was, I think the turning point for me was going to therapy because first of all, I was like, I don't need therapy because I am a strong woman and I don't need therapy. But I can remember going into the room, you know, of course we were at it, all the women were at a table already. And I walk in and, you know, I have an attitude, <laughs> but the attitude is from embarrassment and shame. Mm -hmm. It's not because, you know, I think I'm better than you. I'm just so ashamed. Like, why am I here? I don't belong here. And I remember um, they're like, well, have a seat at the table. I'm like, no, because I don't belong here. So I sat all the way in the back, in the corner, like, and she's like, well, do you want to know? And I don't want you to talk to me and I'm not going to talk to you either. But what I discovered that first visit, you know, in that first hour is that I was a, a domestic violence victim, mm -hmm. you know, because you don't think that, you know, because mine was not physical, mine was emotional. So I didn't even, that's why I just, I don't belong here, you know, because none of those things happened to me. Because that at that point, I did not know what domestic violence was, the many layers of domestic violence. You know, I'm used to seeing women with broken bones, black eyes, you know, or no longer here, you know, not mm -hmm. emotional. And, you know, we were doing the power and control wheel that day. And I, you know, I did take the paper and I'm looking at the paper and I'm like, oh my God, you know, he did that. He did that. He did that. I went around the whole wheel. He did everything on that wheel and probably could have added some onto the wheel. So it's it's that transition of, I think, having the onus that you are a victim. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think transitioning from there. And then once I learned about it, I wanted to help other women not fall victim to people like, you know, the person who um, abused me. So I can truly understand about your transition and about how writing heals. And, you know, I found so many other things, you know, from that journey, you know, that my depression didn't start then. It didn't start when my husband passed. It started way back in my childhood. And, you know, those are things that you have to address and things that you have to understand so that you can move forward to make the transition. And, um, you know, it, it's a journey. It's it's an ongoing journey, but it's something that I enjoy doing, like as as you do. And so, I want you to um, tell me 
what made you want to create um, a life you love? Because I'm sure, you know, in the beginning, how could you love the life that, you know, you were living previously, you know? So tell us, tell us about that. I probably, if we could go back in a time machine and ask mm -hmm. Chantel from even 10 years ago, before I even met my ex-husband, uh, you know, what would living a life you love look like? I wouldn't be able to tell you. And also what internally would be going on is me fighting all these things saying, but I don't deserve that. I can't have that. Um, I'm not worthy of that. Um, things like that would be blocking me. And so I did not really set out to like, now I'm going to create a life I love. I just mm -hmm. did it. And then as people saw and then they wanted me, you know, to, and I'm a special ed teacher. So I'm starting, you know, to use my, um, what I know about how to take hard concepts and break them down into very simple, actionable, implementable steps. Um, so I'm reflecting on what I did, breaking it down, making little mini lessons, making worksheets, having some friends go through it. And then that becomes my book. And actually, before I wanted to do the book, I wanted to do a podcast uh, or not a podcast, a YouTube channel with just little like three to five minute like tips, right? To, that could mm -hmm. help somebody. And so I was out on a walk, um, one of my daily walks and listening to a podcast and it, the title just hit me. Um, it came from not within um, and it just said, you have created a life you love and you want to help others. Like your task now is to help others create a life that they love. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the title of my YouTube channel. Um, turns out I didn't really like YouTube channel <laughs> um, because I'd spend hours upon hours like filming it and then refilming it and analyzing it and editing it. And then I'd end up with a three minute clip and I'm like, that took me like a month. I'm like, this, yeah. this is I do not have time for this. Um, but I always enjoyed writing. So that's when I kind of shifted to writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy writing too. And I, and I try to you know, because of all the things that I experienced, you know, it's kind of hard to to make what I write about um, pleasant, you know, but it's, mm -hmm. it's actual life. It's authentic. It's transparent. And whether you want mm -hmm. to admit it or not, um, you are living that life. You know, the people that are in that, in that um, community are living that life and I want to make it so that you will talk about it so that you can begin to heal. Because so many times in talking to women, you know, they want to not talk about it. They want to keep it inside and just, you know, pile trauma on top of trauma, on top of emotional issue, you know, just pile it one on top of the other, one on top of the other. And it's just something that you can't do because that's what I did. You know, it's mm -hmm. because I didn't want to face the fact, you know, that, you know, I lost my husband. Now I'm a domestic violence um, victim. I wanted to go from that crisis to the new beginning. I didn't want to stop at the denial camp, the grief camp, none of those camps. I wanted to take that bridge from crisis to new beginnings. So, and leave all that there. And, you know, when COVID came, that bridge collapsed because mm -hmm. now I'm no longer busy. I can't um, keep myself inundated with, oh, you know, let me go speak here. Let me go do this. Let me take care of this client. Let me do that. And I'm just so busy. I don't even have time to think about what happened. So now we're in the house and we can't come out. And I am telling you, Chantel, I was getting ready to call the crisis unit and have and admit myself. I was beating myself up for everything. You know, you know, why didn't you grieve your husband? Did you did you not care? Of course I cared. But I didn't want to cry because I don't I think crying is weak. I will I might start to cry or I'll do everything I can to not cry. But I have to realize that it's healing, it's it's releasing, and I have to do it. You know, I talked about something yesterday and I cried on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God on Facebook so everybody can see it. But it's just that 
when you come to grips with your life and you know hopefully it's not at a at a moment like um a pandemic when where you're in the house alone and you can't get out that um you start to realize that the transition you have to make from from the crisis to reality you ha you have to go to those camps you have to go to the you know the camp of denial and 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 um you know no hope and all of that you have to visit those and and then that makes that journey you know because anything i think emotional or depression or anything is is a grief journey you know so you have to take those little windy roads to get to that hill that says new beginnings and um trying and so many people do that false bridge you know from crisis to new beginnings because like i and I'm, you know, I'm sure many listeners um, can understand why you don't want to do it, you know. But it's something that has to be done. And I think that um, the more you are in denial, the worse it gets because you're just piling things on top of things on top of things. And then, you know, you have to go inside and get all that junk out you know, and, and heal from that. So I, I think that, you know, creating the life you love is such an amazing title because I think that's something that all of us want, but we don't know how to do that. You know, we think that we are living a life that we love, but, you know, when, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when um, you look at your situation, is it really a life that you that you love? You know, what are you doing that you can tell me? I bet you if you ask somebody right now, tell me one thing that you're doing that you love. They're, they're going to tell you something, but is it really, you know, authentic? Is it really how you're feeling? Is it really the life that you love? You know, if you ask me that question right now today, am I living the life I love? I would say somewhat because I'm not. Totally. You know, I'm, am I striving to do that? Yes, I am. Um, but I can't say I'm doing it totally, you know, because there's some things that, you know, I still need to work on. There's some things that I need to get better at. And I think, you know, you're fooling yourself if you think that, you know, you can just stop this, you know, wheel that you're on and jump right into, you know, creating a life that you love. What do you what do you think about that? Absolutely. It I sign off everything with enjoy the journey. And sometimes I change it to enjoy your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is a journey and there's not really a final destination. You know, once you know, you say you want to go to a dance class, so then you go. Well, okay, now what? You know, and you keep mm -hmm. going, and then you want to write a book, so you write a book, and now what? Um so, you know, now I, you're constantly leveling up and your comfort zone is constantly getting bigger and bigger. And every time you have to step out of your comfort zone, those limiting beliefs come back, those automated thoughts. And so you have to address them. They come in maybe different words, different forms, but the same thought is still kind of there and you have to address it and work through the process and just rewire your neural networks. Mm -hmm. Um so that you can get out of your own way. Yeah. Because uh, we just, we basically, we stand in our own way, but really what's happening is our brain is designed to be efficient. So it automates things and to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And so if it's, if you are trying to do something that you've never done before, your brain is going to view it as unsafe. And then it's going to pop up things. It often looks like procrastination or perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I could still be working on writing my book. Some people spent eight plus years. Oh, I'm writing a book. Oh, I'm writing a book. Mm -hmm. Because you, it's got to be perfect. It's got to, and when you can finally let go of done is like, done is better than perfect. And per perfect is a myth. And so if you let go of that perfection and you say, why did I even go on this journey? I wanted to get this out in the world. I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to help people. And it sitting here on my laptop isn't doing that. 
Right. So let it go, get it out into the world or whatever that thing is that's holding you back. Um, you know, hit the live button, go live on social media, tell your yes. story, yes. Um, publish the book, start the podcast. Um, just do accept, it. Yeah, just do it. Just take messy, imperfect action and know that things are going to go wrong. Things are going to come up. It's not going to be perfect. And then allow yourself grace and then just be authentic in that moment. So you and I both do a live video podcast and I'm sure we could write entire book on the different technical difficulties we've yeah. gotten to laugh through yeah. um, as people are literally watching. Mm -hmm. And so we could still just be sitting in our houses, not connecting with each other, not connecting with other people and sharing our message. And that doesn't do anybody any good. And, you know, that is so um makes me it makes me smile and it makes me remember you know when i thought about doing all this um i was like oh my god i don't think i can do it and then i would come on so starched like okay so this is what we're going to do and i was like, oh i made a mistake so and that's when i don't think um i think video was more like you would do, do the video and then put it on facebook and I, I, but I think Facebook Live you could always do, but I was intimidated by that. So I wanted to do this in my in the privacy, and I was like, okay, I think I would do it like twenty times. Oh, you oh, said yeah. the word, you didn't act, you know. But then my daughter would watch, and my daughter does my daughter does tons and tons of lives, and I mean she's just she's a bomb at doing it. But she's like, you know why? Because you're trying to be perfect. She said, mm -hmm. so you said the wrong words. So what? So so do those people. And they can relate to that more. Mm -hmm. And you stand in here. So, yes, so I'm going to do this tonight. And we're going to do this. And this is step one. And this is step two. She said, it's like you're like a drill sergeant. It's not what people want to hear. So now if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. If I say the wrong word, I say the wrong word. And then I'll make fun of, fun of it. But I think on the back end, what we do is paramount mm -hmm. in helping women you know and you know not only deal with those things that they're that they are going through but to see what it is to be authentic mm -hmm. and transparent because i think authenticity always wins okay. you know, that's what people want to see they don't want to see how you've learned something you know you study something and you have you know a degree in this and a degree in that and you know you want to bring all of your education onto the screen you know bring that education but make it relatable make it understandable so that people can you know connect with you you know because you know they don't want it want to hear me say oh blah blah and i i'm healed now no i had to go through this i had to mm -hmm. want to like kill myself i thought about you know ending my life on several different occasions because for me, which is just so selfish, but for me, that was a way of getting out of the situation, you know, and, but in the back of my mind, not realizing that's a permanent way of getting out of the situation. But sometimes you just think that you just have to have a way out and having a way out is healing, you know, getting that stuff out and revealing so that you can heal, go to therapy. It's okay to not be okay. And it's right. even better to go get help and, and to hire coaches like Chanel to help you, you know, transform your life, you know, and, and me helping you get through depression and, and, and incorporating self-care into your daily routine. I can't tell you how much that has helped me. That's a whole nother um, show, but yeah. it's the transition and I keep saying this word because it's so important, you know, to make that transition. If you don't, you're going to be stuck, you know, mm -hmm. where you are. So you have to make that, tra that transition. So um, I want you to um, give us um, three tips for anyone wanting to create a life that they love. So that they don't mm -hmm. have to feel like they have to do all those things. And this is just real talk. Absolutely. 
So yes, while my book has 10 healthy habits to transform your life now, you do not want to wake up tomorrow and try to incorporate all 10 because your brain will freak out and you'll halfway through it be like, this was stupid. I don't want to do this. And you'll give up altogether. So pick one thing, try it until it kind of feels comfortable. So maybe two weeks, four weeks, um, and then add in another thing and just start small and allow yourself grace. And so two of the big things that really helped jumpstart my journey was gratitude Mm. and then getting out of my comfort zone. And so every morning I wake up and it's my daily non-negotiable. I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And not just, I'm thankful the sun is shining and thankful I woke up and um, hooray, I have toothpaste. So yeah, I don't have any cavities. Woo. Okay. Move on. Like you're not just checking the box um, of, I did my gratitude journal today. Like really take a minute and elicit those emotions of gratitude Mm -hmm. because it physically changes the brain chemicals in, or the chemicals in your brain. And you cannot have anxiety at the same time as your brain is experiencing gratitude. So throughout your day, if you start feeling yourself getting all worked up and anxious, take a breath and think about one thing that you are truly grateful for. Get those gratitude emotions flow in and then continue. So gratitude is huge and it shifted my world. Um, As I shared, you know, I had always struggled with depression and anxiety. Gratitude alone is like the greatest antidepressant. And I am not a doctor. I am currently, because of some different life circumstances that I went through not terribly long ago, I am actively taking a antidepressant, but I don't feel like I'm going to need it for the rest of my life. I'm going to work with my doctor and make sure that, hey, where are we at? How do we safely lean off? And, you know, just let them help guide me through that because that is their job. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I went years and years and years from, you know, going off of them, not needing them to not needing them for years and years, but then being able to be aware of, hey, this is all very, this is a lot for me to handle and it's okay to ask for help, right? Mm -hmm. And so being okay with getting back on it. And um, then the other thing is getting out of your comfort zone. So, you know, I did that through dancing initially, um, and then just continue growing. My comfort zone just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I could not predict a year ago that I'd be here right now with you today. And I have no idea. You could hold a gun to my head and say, what will you be doing in a year? And I'm like, I have no flipping idea <laughs> because right. the world is amazing and life is wonderful when you are open to it and you allow things to happen and you take small actions to get out of your comfort zone and you get rid of the, if I'm going on this interview, it has to be perfect. If I, if I'm going to share my story with someone, it has to be perfect. Um, I think you and I visited about the key importance of this um, a few days ago when we first met, but it is so important to me. It is my passion and mission to get out and share my story because I was in such a shame spiral when I was going through everything, um, saying things to myself like, how did you allow this to happen? You should have known better. You should have left earlier. You should have not married him. Um, or you should have stayed. You should have made it work. Um, all kinds of shoulds. I was shoulding all over myself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that spiral of shame was just like quicksand. It was sucking me in and keeping me down. And it wasn't until people, I started hearing people authentically share their story that I was able to see a glimmer of hope and able to be like, oh my gosh, I am not the only person who's experienced this. Mm-hmm. Our Mm -hmm. stories aren't identical, but I am not the only, you know, because the things going through my head were, I come from a good family. I am well-educated. I, you know, I have a good job. I have a good support system. I have good friends. Like, how did I then marry this man and move to another state with this man and allow this to happen to me? Mm -hmm. I should have known better. Um, And that just, you've got to get away from that. So I was so, I was hiding it. I didn't want anyone to know why I had moved back. I didn't want any, you know, and 
like I kind of like it was obvious like I was no longer married and whatever but I did not want anyone to know it was like my dirty little secret right that will eat you alive too Mm -hmm. like you've got to get it out but get it out in safe places until you're ready um but then when you are ready it is so powerful and impactful for other people when you can share your story and they can see light at the end of their tunnel yeah and you know i wanted to speak on one thing you said give you know let it out in safe places and you know for me you know i too was totally embarrassed because they you know all my friends had met him and i am very very particular about i was very very particular about who i dated and you know i went through you know tons of you know guys no you're not the one you're not the one but this one was the one I thought, but yeah. you know his whole demeanor, you know how he got to know me, and study me, and then present himself to me from exactly what I gave him. He used my own information against me, you know, to make himself who I who I was looking for, you know. So he came with his representative. But you know, they can't stay there very long because mm-hmm. that's not who they are. But you know, when we say, you know, how did I get here? How did this happen? You know, you know, for me, I can speak for myself. Um, you know, I hear women say, you know, well, why did he do this to me? What did I do? What did I say? How did I act to make to make him do this to me? You did nothing. You know, he is the one with the personality um, problem. But what we have to own is where were we emotionally? You know, were we vulnerable? Were we looking for love? Were we lonely? What were we thinking that we couldn't see it? You know, I tell women this all the time, like, yo, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm, look, I did it. You know, and then for me, the shame, like I was saying, was everyone met him, everyone saw us. And they were like, oh my God, you two look so great together. He's so handsome, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh my God, yes, he's this, he's that. Mm-mm. No, he was not. Um, but it's something that, you know, we have to go through. And until I was at the safe place to give that information and to learn at that safe place, did I feel okay to. Mm-hmm put that information out there to share my story. And I was still a little embarrassed. And um, there was a movie, I don't know if you've seen this movie, Tyler Perry's movie, A Fall From Grace. And that movie actually mirrored my story. And it was about, you know, a domestic violence situation. And, you know, it was, it was, um, it was like Tyler Perry wrote that movie about my story and he didn't even ask me. But anyway, um, you know, he was younger, she was older. That was me. He studied her for a very long time. And, you know, she, even though they would go out, she never would let him at, at her in her home. And she wouldn't go to his home. They just talked and, you know, he would walk her home to her house. And we didn't meet because he lived in a completely different state, you know, so we, we talked a lot. Um, and he studied me just like that guy studied her. And, you know, there were so many similarities. So when the movie was over, I just sat there and I had to get myself together. I'm like, that is my story. Oh, my God. How can someone do that to another person? But that's exactly what he did to me. And I said, you know, that was the turning point that made me want to tell my story. Because I've seen how that story impacted me. So I wanted my story to impact someone else, to, to, to give them the information and the resources and tools that they need to not fall into the hands of these predators because they are out here and they will mesmerize you. They will tell you everything that you want to hear. Um, you know, I met a guy the other day and he was like, so um, tell me what you're looking for in a man. Same thing you look for in a woman probably. You know, I'm not telling you. And I refuse to do that because now, and it's not like it's a trigger. To me, it's, um, it became an identifier of what not to do. 
you know, why am I going to give you all the information about me? You know, as, as we, you know, get together, you know, go out and talk, you'll learn who I am. You'll learn what I like. I'm not telling you anything because now I will always feel as though that's ammunition, you know, for them or, or you know, I, I don't want to say ammunition, but it's information that they can use, you know, against you. So I, I really don't like to do that anymore. And, you know, I write about that in my book about, you know, online dating and the different things that go on, you know, with, with online dating and how you can be, um, you can misconstrue the things that they're saying, you know, and then to end up as a um, domestic violence victim from that, you know, I have to tell, I have to tell my story. I will always tell my story. So um, that's how I feel about, you know, about that. But I want to, um, what do you consider to be a life transformation? Like what, what things are, are life transforming to you? Yeah, I think anytime that you take on a new habit, for lack of a better word, but you set out and you do something consistently and it changes who you are and how you show up. Um, so, you know, I went from this scared, timid, ashamed, depressed, rid with anxiety, low self-esteem person um, who couldn't accept my own story, let alone tell my story, even in the confines of a therapist's office, um, to now, you know, I've got daily things in my life that help me show up the way that I want to show up in my life. Like, who do you want to be when you wake up? Who do you want to be when you go to sleep? And every day, you're a little bit better and a little bit better. And you're never perfect, right? We strive for progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. um, but that transformation can be as big or small as you want it to be. And it starts small. But if you continue being consistent and um, disciplined with those small things, they turn big. You know, it's amazing the day someone crosses a finish line and they just ran a marathon. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Good for you. I am not a runner. I have no idea how you did that. Like huge, huge mad respect. But that's not the day the transformation took place. The, all the mornings that the alarm went off and you got out of bed and you went outside or went to the gym or whatever the routine is, but you've powered through even mm -hmm. when you were tired, even when you didn't feel good, even when your willpower was gone, but you said, I have a goal, I have a vision, and I'm going to push through to get it. And then that allowed you to do what you wanted to do, cross that finish line, publish that book, um, get that podcast out into the world, show up to a dance class, whatever it is, file for divorce, ask for the promotion, ask for a raise, leave a job that you hate that's soul sucking, um, <laughs> you know, um, Whatever it is for you, I mean, anything that uh, you and I have talked about, Valerie, anybody could be listening to this and insert their own unique situation into yeah. many of the blanks. Um, and so we all have those situations. And so, yeah, that you have the power to have a lifelong dramatic transformation. The power is in your hands. Mm -hmm. Nobody can give it to you. Nobody can inspire you to do it like something within you just breaks wide open and you're like enough i want something different and i'm gonna get it yes yes and that's you know that's really good and i think that's very powerful you know because i think that once you come to the realization um that you have the power to do the things that you say you want to do i have an acronym that I like to tell women and it's it's like I it's I am, you know, and the I stands for um identify, identify um the things that you want to change and, and be willing to admit it. I admit that I I I was vulnerable at that time. You know, I need to work on myself, see where my self-esteem was, where is my self-confidence, what can I do? But you need to identify it and then admit it to yourself that you need to to do something about it. And then um, the M is move forward to hit reset. Mm 
you know, now that you've, you've identified, you've admitted, now let's move forward and hit reset and find out how we can start all over again. So making that transition. So with that being said, you know, tell us um, about the Create a Life You Love roadmap and, and why a roadmap, because I think sometimes we need to put things in perspective and follow like a roadmap, a design, you know, in order to achieve the things that we want to achieve, but feel that we can't. Yeah. So I came up with the roadmap idea to go along with my enjoy the journey um, type of thing. So everything has to do with kind of it's a journey. Um, if you can see the picture behind me, that's why, you know, it says create a life you love and it's a road and it's leading into a mountain and you can't see the end of it. You just journeying along. Um, and so I see the roadmap as, you know, my journey was messy. I picked up my first ever self-help personal development book at the age of 30. And then I dove deep down the rabbit hole and I was reading everything I could get my hands on. Someone said, oh, do you listen to this podcast? And I was like, well, it's a podcast. Um, and so then I'm listening to every podcast. Um, and I'm getting all the information uh, from all the gurus, right? And it was overwhelming. And nobody had like a clear cut roadmap, for lack of a better word, of do this, then do this, then do this. Like I wanted like a guide to take my hand and simplify it for me because it was so overwhelming. And I would just get stuck and lost in the overwhelm that then I'd give up and I'd be like, I'm not reading any more of these books. Like, I don't even know what to do. Um, mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start. And all these five books talk about gratitude, but they have five different ways to do it. And <laughs> I'm like, it's enough. Like I can't do it. And so that is now one of my missions in life is to help people in that similar spot to just narrow that focus, cut away all the BS just what are the step-by-step -step proven processes that work and in what order do they need to happen to make the most impact? And then how do we put it together to make lifelong transformational change? Mm -hmm. And so I've broken it into four phases and I really feel like first you have to create the strong, powerful vision that you love. You have to, um, oh yes, thank you, Louis, Louis, Louis. <laughs> um, and so um, the four phases, first, the creative vision that you love and actually I've changed it now. It's now the unleashed method. So it's really unleash a vision that you love because, mm -hmm. yes, we're going to create it. But I just want you to step into this new person, just unleash, get rid of all that society has put on you and all that you've put on yourself because of how you've interpreted what society has put on you. Mm -hmm. um, and just really unleash your true authentic self. So first you start with the vision. And then once we have that very clear, then we unleash a mind that we love. And that's really where all the neuro coaching um, comes into place so that we can target those neural networks that are no longer serving you and rewire them so that you like in 60 to 67 days have completely brand new thought patterns. And the old ones that have been holding you back die, they go away. Um, and then we unleash a body that we love and that has nothing to do with what some scale tells you, what number or some size on a dress or whatever. This is, what are you doing? What are you putting in your body? What are you just, what do you need to do to fuel yourself and have the energy that you need to live out that vision that you've created? Right. Mm -hmm. We're not going to McDonald's every day. We're not um, watching Netflix for six hours at a time every night, right? What are the intentional daily little baby habits? Nothing huge. I don't need anybody to go run a marathon unless that's part of their vision. Um, but what are the small baby daily steps um, so that you can create a body that you love? And then in phase four, we tie it all together and unleash a life that we love. And then that's where we make the sustainable, maintainable action steps of now that I've had this transformation, what are my next steps? Um, and ideally, what I love to do is then help my clients because we know that transformed people transform people. Mm -hmm. So once mm -hmm. you've had that transformation, just like you and me here, now what are you going to do with that? How are you going to give back? 
like, let's make a create a life you love movement because I can only do so much. So let's empower people to create a life they love so they can go out and help other people do the same. And however their skills and talents and passions are, you know, mine was write a book, get a coaching certification and have a podcast. That's Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. I don't know what's next. Um, Right. But someone else might be called to start a nonprofit or, you know, whatever it is. Um, Everybody's got their own calling. So Mm -hmm. helping unlock and identify that, too. Yeah. And I think the important thing that you said was baby steps. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we want to do something or they might see like us, you know, that where we are now, but they didn't see what we did to get here. Like we might be in Chapter 10 and they're in chapter one, but they want to be where we are, but they don't know that we went through one to 10 to get here. You know, cause I, I used to do it. I'm like, well, I did what she does. Why can't I be there? Why can't I do that? But you know, it's, it's a progression and you have to do, do the baby steps and, you know, set goals for yourself that aren't so great. So when you don't achieve them, you're not defeated. So that's why you need to do um, the baby steps. And, um, you know, accomplish them because then you feel accomplished, you know, like, oh my God, I did, I did something. And it's almost like an, um, a confirmation or, um, an accolade that you need, like, oh, I did this. So let me go to now step two or, and, you know, on that roadmap that you designed. So I think that that is amazing. So, um, tell our listeners, um, how they can get your book. If they want to get to you for coaching, tell them how they can get to you. Yeah, my book is on Amazon. It's Create a Life You Love, 10 Healthy Habits to Transform Your Life Now. And it's under my name. And so if um, you saw how it was spelled earlier, you could also search by that. Um, My podcast is the Create a Life You Love podcast. My website is createalifeyoulovecoaching.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Create a Life You Love Coaching. And... um, I have a Facebook community, which is where I do my live uh, interviews, the Create a Life You Love community. And there's a ton of just support, accountability, um, free resources, free trainings. Um, So it's a great place to just kind of come and hang out. And I invite people to, I don't want to be the sage on the stage, right? I want it to be a community. So yes, I am sharing my lessons in my lives and my webinars, but please, if somebody asks a question in there and you have an experience and you can help them comment, like, and cause not just that person is going to benefit from your response. Other people are too. Like, mm-hmm. I do want it to be a community. I do ask that like it not get spammy and you're not like right. private messaging right. people saying, buy my coaching or buy my product. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody's there for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. show up, provide value, learn, um, that's what, that's what we're all working to build. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like, um, you know, one of the reasons I do my podcast and my talk show is, um, because I'm holding space. I feel as though I'm holding space for women, you know, a space where they can be authentic and be transparent and, and not feel ashamed, not feel judged, but, um, actually feel the love that, you know, I have that my guest has for them. And, hopefully that will help them be able to move to the next step. And um, I just truly appreciate you and thank you for coming on and sharing all this information. And I am asking my listeners to please go out and support her, you know, go and purchase her book and you too can learn to live a life that you love. And before I end, I always like to uh, make sure that everyone knows the domestic violence, um, Hotline. The domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 1-800-799-7233. And then for the teens, um, there's also a um, site for teens um, that is called loveisrespect.org. There you can talk to your peers that have been, um, um, have experienced what you are experiencing. So you can talk one-on-one with them. So Don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed because each one of these people have been through what you've been through and probably more than what you've been through. You know, I was surprised to see the different things that 
you know, women have been through. My my thing was was minute compared to some of the other things that other women have been through. But I think that you need that community, you need that tribe, so that you feel comfortable and in a safe space to release and and um, get your get the, you know your emotions out, you know, so that you can be begin to heal. So I left my information on here, and I always like to say if you have any questions, anything that you've seen on this broadcast or something that you would like me to talk about, please feel free to reach out at purposeforwellnesspodcast at gmail.com. If you are um, a domestic violence um, victim and you want to talk to someone, you can also um, email me there because it's private because I know a lot of times they don't want to speak up and they don't want to, to be seen. So I am here for you. Like I said, I'm holding space for you. And the only thing that I am going to say is that I offer you um, a place to heal and um, a place to find love. So I am Valerie Stancil, your Purpose for Wellness Navigator. My purpose is your wellness. And I enjoyed having you, Chanel, on um, talking about living the life that you love. Thank you so much. And thank you to my listeners. And I will see you next week. Have a good night. Thank you for joining me on PFW Podcast. You can visit us bi-weekly on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you took this time to relax and embraced this safe space. I enjoyed spending my time with you. Until next time, I am Valerie Stancil, your host and Purposed for Wellness Navigator. You can reach me via email at purposedforwellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Your wellness is my purpose. And remember, smile, tell someone you love them, and most importantly, love yourself. Peace.